With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our throwback review of the 2013 film Saving Mr. Banks. Winds in the east. Mist coming in. Like something is brewing. About to begin. Ladies and gentlemen, we are beginning our descent into Los Angeles. Welcome, Mrs. P.L. Travers, to the City of Angels. It smells like... Jasmine. Chlorine and sweat. (laughs) Introducing the creator of our beloved Mary. Poppins. Never ever just Mary. Now, where is Mr. Disney? She's here. Well, Pamela Travers. You can't imagine how excited I am to finally meet you. Would you mind? My name is Mrs. Travis, Mr. Disney. Oh, Walt. Now, you got to call me Walt. 20 years ago, I made a promise to my daughters that I would make your Mary Poppins fly off the pages of your books. I promised them, man. I know what he's going to do to her. She'll be cavorting and twinkling. You can't make the film unless you grant the rights. Damn. Responsible. Now, how no, 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 does no, that no, sound? No, 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 no. Responsible is not a word. We made it up. Well, unmake it up. She won't approve Dick Van Dyke. No. No. The Ventus house doesn't look like that. No, no, it's all wrong. It's all wrong. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Stop. Mary Poppins is not for sale. I won't have her turned into one of your silly cartoons. Says the woman who sent a flying nanny with a talking umbrella to save the children. You think Mary Poppins has come to save the children? Oh, dear. Mr. Travers, what am I missing here? I'm wondering what I have to do to make you happy. You know, you've never been to Disneyland, and that's the happiest place on Earth. No, 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 please. Well, when does anybody get to go to Disneyland with Walt Disney himself? There he is. Where did she come from? Mary Poppins and the Banksies. They're family to me. Mary Poppins was a real person? So it's not the children she comes to save. It's their father. It's your father. You don't know what she means to me. I won't disappoint you. I swear every time a person walks into a movie house, they will rejoice. Don't you want to finish the story? The boys have come up with an idea. I think it's going to make you happy. You didn't bring me all the way here to tell me that. Oh, no. I had a wager. I couldn't get you on a ride. I just won 20 bucks. All right, everyone. You were just listening to the trailer for Saving Mr. Banks, and the story is as follows. Spurred on a promise he made to his daughters, Walt Disney embarks on what would become a 20-year quest to obtain the movie rights to Mary Poppins. The author, P.L. Travers, proves to be an uncompromising curmudgeon who has no intention of letting her beloved characters becoming mangled in the Hollywood machine. However, when the book stops selling and she finds herself in need of money, Travers reluctantly agrees to consider 
Disney's proposition. The film is starring Emma Thompson, Tom Hanks, Paul Giamatti, Jason Schwartzman, Bradley Whitford, Colin Farrell. It is directed by John Lee Hancock and written by Kelly Marcel and Sue Smith. Joining me for this throwback review here on the Next Best Picture podcast, I have Michael Schwartz. Hello, everyone. And Nicole Ackman. Hi, guys. All right, so Saving Mr. Banks, uh, voted on by the NBP community as our throwback review for the month of December. We previously reviewed the original film from 1964, Mary Poppins. That review is currently posted right now for our Patreon listeners in full. And similar situation here. It's 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 a Mary Poppins filled month over at the Next Best Picture podcast. <laughs> So we're pretty much covering all bases here with both this film, the original, and Mary Poppins Returns, which releases this week on December 19th. Um, I have not revisited this film since its original theatrical release back in 2013. And I remember I saw it as a triple feature. I watched it on the same day I saw also Inside Lewin Davis and Frozen. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, so you were late to the game with Frozen. Saving Mr. Banks was actually the last uh, movie I saw uh, that day. And I remember my reaction to it at the time was, eh, like that was okay. I also, as you know, Michael, from our previous review of Mary Poppins, I also had not like kind of revisited the original film since I was a child. And so I think a lot of context in this movie was maybe lost on me at the time. Having now just rewatched Mary Poppins and now watching uh, Saving Mr. Banks and getting kind of a more full picture of the history and story behind Mary Poppins, I I have to say I feel very enriched. <laughs> and now with like just getting um, this re-experience, if you will, into something that I know for you is very beloved. Nicole, I actually don't know your thoughts on Mary Poppins, but for me it was kind of like – I don't know. It like reawakened something with me as a child. So Nicole, actually, I'd like to start off with you. Um, what has been your experience with the original Mary Poppins film and with Saving Mr. Banks? Yeah, I loved Mary Poppins as a kid. It wasn't my favorite thing. I don't think I love it as much as Michael does. Um, but I loved Julie Andrews growing up. And so obviously, um, also just like as a theater kid, I loved Mary Poppins. Um, and so I actually have a really interesting experience with Saving Mr. Banks. I've probably seen this film like a dozen times. Um, it's one of my family's favorite movies to like watch together after dinner, um, whenever we're all home. And I actually did a program through my college, uh, where we studied Disney parks and we ended up going out to LA and we got to tour the Walt Disney studios and they did a lot of the filming for the movie at the studios. And we were actually the first tour group that was let inside Walt Disney's restored office. So whenever I watch it now, it's just crazy me to see how much of what you're seeing in the movie is the actual Disney studios. And like, it's so easy to think of what it looks like now and what it would have looked like then. And I think it captures that kind of studio atmosphere really well. Um, But I also, I just think it's a beautiful movie. I will love any movie about like a female writer um, and it checks, it like checks that box off for me, but I love a good, like melancholy. I, I would even say it's kind of a period film really. Oh, definitely. In both timelines. <laughs> I love, I love a melancholy period film. So this one is actually pretty far up there on my list. 
Now, I have a lot to say in regards to the balance of the melancholia and also the sentimentality of this movie, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael, what about you? What's been your experience with uh, Saving Mr. Banks over the years? So I have only seen Saving Mr. Banks once. The last time I saw it was in theaters back in 2013. Exactly. Yeah. Same Same here. And as everybody knows, I adore Mary Poppins, the Julie Andrews film from 1964. It's an all-time favorite of mine. So when I heard that they were making a movie about the making of Mary Poppins, I was just beyond excited. You know, here are two terrific actors, Emma Thompson and Tom Hanks. You're going to have Disney giving you this unprecedented access into the story and being able to tell you so much that we didn't know. It just sounded like a really great film. And, you know, so I went in with high expectations back in December of 2013. And I just really disliked this movie quite a bit. Wow. Okay. I really, really found this movie just a disservice to the Mary Poppins legacy. And here's why. Wow. Oh, business just picked up here. Whoa. (laughs) I was not expecting this. this. (laughs) This is a dramatization of the story of what happens behind the scenes. And I get that. You're not going to get every aspect right. And you certainly have to play things up to make an interesting film. So while Mary Poppins is among my all-time favorite movies, and I wouldn't change a thing about it, I think this film really does a disservice to P.L. Travers herself. I think it rewrites history in a way and creates a false sense of tension just for the sake of it, while portraying Travers as this nagging shrew of a character. And, you know, I think that really, you know, no matter how you feel about the movie itself, Mary Poppins, or her work in the book, Mary Poppins, I think it just takes this character and rewrites what really happened and doesn't serve her well. It has some interesting moments, like when you see what's happening behind the scenes, even if they turn out to be inaccurate. But then the film also happens to have this other problem where it stops dead in its tracks during these flashback sequences to P.L. Travers' childhood in Australia. So here you have a film that I find to be half boring, half offensive, and really just wastes two otherwise strong performances from Emma Thompson and Tom Hanks. So I think this was, you know, one of my major disappointments in the Uh, the last couple of years, and I hope Mary Poppins Returns can sort of wash the taste of this movie away, because it just did not sit well with me. My God. Wow. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I I almost don't know what to say to come back from that. Um, I will say this, and and you all know this, uh, sentimentality is not really my thing. I, I don't really enjoy movies that are light like this, and have that kind of workmanlike quality to the storytelling, the directing, and at the end of the movie will, you know, make you feel good. I I mean, there's a place for those, don't get me wrong, and I still watch them. You know, I've seen a couple of movies this year even that follow a very similar uh, type of trajectory as this one does. I mean, like, Stan and Ollie, I think, is actually a very good comparison to something like Saving Mr. Banks for me, in that it's got that same level of charm. It's a period film. There's tension and drama that is, to your point, Michael, probably over-dramatized for the sake of, well, we need a movie. (laughs) We need conflict. And at the end of the movie, you walk away feeling pretty good about everything. And it does its best to honor a legacy um, while trying to cre- create something that, as a piece of entertainment for mass audiences. Yeah. And I think Saving Mr. Banks definitely tries to do that. And I-, I agree with you, Michael, in the sense that there's drama created for the sake of drama and conflict created for the sake of conflict. And is it accurate to history? To a certain extent, probably. I mean, it, it's, it's definitely a known fact that she was reluctant to give up the rights. Sure. And... 
there was kind of a misinterpretation of the meaning behind the character Mary Poppins and what th- that story meant to her versus what you know Disney initially wanted to create the story into. I, I, I almost kind of like this movie a little bit more on a second viewing, just almost as a character piece of this girl, uh, well, actually this woman who once was a girl coming to grips with the death of her father and realizing like this is this is such a personal moment in this woman's life that um, to share that with the world, uh, that that could be a very frightening thing uh, to do. And I, and I totally understood uh, this time around watching it, like where she was coming from in terms of this is very, very personal to me. This means so much to me, more than you could ever know. And you're trying to add in all this animation, this glitz and glamour, and that's not that's that's not how I want to honor my right. father's memory. And that stuff did happen. Like that yeah. part is accurate. But then what it does to sort of uproot all of that is that it shows her at the end of the movie sort of like coming to terms and saying, oh, this all actually worked out. Well, we need a feel good ending to send the audience out on. Yeah, yeah. But that just, yeah. I think it's such a slap in the face to what actually happened with her and how she was actually very bitter in real life and sort of, you know, never allowed any of her properties to be turned into adaptations again. I do. I love the fact that, you know, Cameron McIntosh comes to her years later um, wanting to adapt it into a stage musical, and she makes the condition that she will let him do it, but only if there are only English writers involved in it. Yeah. As long as there are, like, no Americans on the creative team. <laughs> and she said no one from the original film can be associated yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. So, but I think with this movie, you know, again, we talk about, you know, what's accurate, what's not accurate, what you're allowed to put in for the sake of creating an entertaining movie, like Argo, for instance. Argo, you know, not everything happened in that yeah. movie, but it's still getting to the root of what the actual incident was. And no one's going to really nitpick every little instance of it because you still have a really great movie. With Saving Mr. Banks, though, the whole thing is sort of centered around Disney trying to get approval to make this movie from P.L. Travers, when in reality, Disney had secured the film rights long before Travers even arrived in Los Angeles. And when she... Well, didn't he want her blessing? Blessing, I think... I think he had spent like 20 years trying to get the rights. Yeah, since like the 40s, I believe, actually. But when she finally arrives in the movie, from what we see in like 1962 or whatever it is, you know, Disney already has the rights. And when she arrived, I think they met very quickly. And then the whole rest of the time that she was in Hollywood... He left Burbank to vacation to Palm Springs, and they never really saw each other after that until she sort of crashed the premiere. Mm-hmm. So all these scenes that they have together, that you're seeing like uh, uh, Disney and Travers together in so many scenes, that never happened. Yeah. There was no interaction between them except for like these two small instances. I mean, she wasn't even invited to the premiere of the movie. <laughs> right. And in the film, it's like depicted almost as a courtesy, where in reality... I, I, I admit, yeah, I admit that there is probably a much more less feel-good, family-friendly film in the true life uh, story here. But I have to say, Tom Hanks and Emma Thompson, uh, they, they really go a long way, um, especially Emma Thompson in this. I mean, I, I would rank this as actually one of her best performances, yeah, I don't blame her at all. I think she's giving a good <laughs> performance with the script that she was given. Yeah. I just think the script does a disservice with that performance. Yeah, and, and like Tom Hanks, it's I, I remember there was so much hype about Tom Hanks playing Walt Disney, and I feel like we're experiencing that again with Tom Hanks playing Mr. Rogers uh, in the, 
I don't even know what it's called. I know it's not called Won't You Be My Neighbor, the movie, but... You Are My Friend. You Are My Friend, sure. Which, by the way, speaking of, with uh, with Saving Mr. Banks, Disney is a supporting character. Tom Hanks was up for supporting actor. Mm-hmm. And what I've been reading about this new uh, Mr. Rogers movie, You Are My Friend, it's actually about a journalist who is sent to Pittsburgh to interview Mr. Rogers. And I think Tom Hanks is actually a supporting character in this movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, Wow. So it's sort of like a Disney style where it's not going to be centered around him doing the show. It's just sort of seeing him in a different light. Yeah, and this journalist will act as the audience uh, eyes and ears, essentially, to peel back the layers into who this character is, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I remember there was also a lot of – I remember there was a lot of, like, you know, grumblings about, like, oh, this is not a accurate depiction of Walt Disney. Maybe in terms of charisma and spirit, but – Obviously, because this is a Disney family-friendly film, once again, there were some other aspects from Walt Disney's life that were omitted from this uh, movie. Walt Disney was a chain smoker, nonstop. I think he died of lung cancer. And there was not a minute where that man did not have a cigarette in his mouth. And here in Saving Mr. Banks, if I recall from five years ago, I think there's one shot of like an ashtray on his desk. But other than that, I don't think you ever see him holding a cigarette with anything in his mouth. It's just like it never even happened, which, you know, if you're going to have a representation of this character, I get that it's Disney. I guess I get that you have to sort of make things, you know, tailored to the audience that you have in 2013. But come on, that is such a big part of who this character is. Yeah. I guess my thing with it is I don't mind the kind of cleaned up version of Disney that we have in the film because it's not a movie about him. I, I see it as we're seeing the Disney that he would have presented to P.L. Travers and to people coming to the studio, if that makes sense. If it were a movie about Walt Disney and they didn't delve into, you know, his chain smoking and his really shaky politics and all that kind of stuff, I would be I would have more of an issue with it. But I do think that we're supposed to see the Disney that he's presenting to people who have come to the studio and it's actually in his office he would have his ashtrays but always hidden behind like picture frames and stuff so that if someone was sat in front of his desk they wouldn't see it at the same time it also feels a little icky to me that this is a story being produced you know and everything by the disney corporation it's not like sony's making a movie this way so i feel like disney is really going above and beyond to sort of hide the flaws of this great man it's like when you're going on a tour of the capitol and you have like your representative's uh, aide giving you a tour around and telling you only what they want you to hear about the guy rather than what is actually happening. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast review of Saving Mr. Banks here on the Next Best Picture podcast. However, this is a preview of the full review. In order to get the full review, you will have to head over to our Patreon channel, where for $1 minimum a month, you can get this review and other exclusive podcast content from us. You can subscribe to the Next Best Picture podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, Acast, CastBox, and now newly on Spotify. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we shall see you all next time.
History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.